Welcome to Hanging at the Hangar Bar. I'm Scott. I'm Candace. I'm Lariah. And I'm Lacey. Grab a drink and come hang with us at the Hangar Bar. Welcome back to Hanging at the Hangar Bar. We are excited to have you today. First, let me apologize for the lack of a post last week. We had some audio difficulties with our recording equipment, so our Magic Kingdom podcast is going to be delayed. We're going to be getting together to record that one soon, um, so watch for that one in the coming weeks. Today is going to be all about Disney's Disney World's 50th anniversary. They opened in 1971 with the opening of the Magic Kingdom Park, and we're super excited that they've been around for 50 years. All of those celebrations start on October 1st. Before we jump into all that, though, remember, check us out on our Instagram page, Hanging at the Hager Bar. Interact with us there. Give us your comments. Let us know what you want to hear about. All of those kind of things. We would love to hear from you, and we would love to have you interact with us. So, Candice, let's have you tell us, where, where would you like to start today's conversation? Okay, well, thanks, Scott. Um, just before we get into the beginning, shall we say, um, I just wanted to let our listeners know that it will be just you and I uh, in this conversation, so um, you'll get lots and lots of both of our opinions. That's right. Um, so I think we would be remiss if we did not start by talking on the celebration of the 50th anniversary, if we didn't talk about where everything started and where it's headed. Okay. Yeah, I think that sounds fair. So as I mentioned in the little kickoff, it started back in 1971 with just Magic Kingdom, right? Correct. Were there any resorts open at the same time, or was it just the the Magic Kingdom Park? Contemporary Resort actually opened at the same time. Okay. And that was the only one on property that opened at the same time? At the time, yes. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. That's I, I had never really looked into knowing if there were any additional resorts, because you think about it now, there's so many resorts on property that's just been built up over the last 50 years. So that, what, 2,000-room hotel? And was that just the tower that was built, or was it the whole... No, it was just the A-frame that was built, and I am confirming, because I, if I remember correctly... Um, it didn't open like right on October 1st. I think it was um, maybe a month or two delayed. Okay. So do you think the first people that stepped foot into... No, it, I, I, I'm sorry for, oh, to fine. interrupt. It was October 1st. Okay, so they opened at the same time. Yep. So do you think the first people that stepped foot as paying guests into Magic Kingdom Park at Walt Disney World... Do you think there were Florida residents, or do you think there were people from, like, all over like there are today? Well, I think travel has gotten quite a bit easier. Um, well, <laughs> I say that tongue-in-cheek because everything is pretty difficult right now. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I think travel has gotten easier and more mainstream than it would have been back in the early 70s. Um, I think probably, though, it would have been a majority of Florida residents. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense to me. I think that would have been such a cool experience. Like, you think about the Disneyland opening, and you saw that rush of people go in behind Walt. I I don't think I've ever seen pictures of, like, what it looked like when Magic Kingdom opened in, in Florida. Was there the same kind of rush of people trying to get in to be the first and, and that kind of thing? 
I can imagine that there would have been. However, I think there probably would have been a bit of a cloud over the whole thing. What do you mean? Well, Walt wasn't there. Yeah. I mean, he was, but he wasn't. It, he had passed five years previous okay. to Walt Disney World opening. So Roy was master of ceremonies. He took care of the whole thing. I don't know that that would have prevented anyone from going to the opening, but it, I don't think it would have been quite as joyful as if Walt would have been there physically. Yeah, I can. I get that completely. I'm trying to find, I'm just doing a quick search. What were the day one attractions that were open? Okay, so we have... Um, Hold, please. No, here's the list of Yep, I have them here. Okay. Uh, Country Bear Jamboree, the Dapper Dans, Dumbo the Flying Elephant, Fantasy in the Sky Fireworks, which that ran for a long time. Yeah. Like a really long time. They didn't close that one until like the 80s, right? Right. Um, the Frontierland Shoot and Arcade, Hall of Presidents, Haunted Mansion, It's a Small World, The Jungle Cruise, Mad Tea Party, Magic Kingdom Afternoon Evening Parades, Magic Kingdom Fireworks, Main Entrance, Main Street Vehicles, Peter Pan's Flight, Prince Charming Regal Carousel, Snow White's Scary Adventures, Swiss Family Treehouse, Tomorrowland Speedway, Walt Disney World Railroad on Main Street USA, and the Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. That's, that's interesting. So, we'll, we'll, like we mentioned earlier, we're going to go through our Magic Kingdom podcast in a, in a couple weeks or so, but are there any rides that you can think of that you think of as opening day that aren't on that list? There's one big one that I can think of that I always thought was an opening day and recently learned that it wasn't. Pirates? Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting story of why that didn't open until a couple years later because the Imagineers thought because it was in Florida, nobody would want that pirate-themed ride. Right, because it was so close to the Caribbean. Right, because you could go to the Caribbean instead of going on a ride about the Caribbean. Right. But they heard so much backlash from guests that they were like, okay, we'll put it in. Right. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, that's that's interesting. Thanks for running down that list of, of opening day. That's, of course. I think, like, what I notice about that is there's no thrill. Mad Tea Party is close to thrill, maybe. Everything else is kind of a slow ride or a um, show. Well, and I think you have to consider how our entertainment levels have changed since that point. I mean, all of those things that Disney started with, and even back in Disneyland, all of that stuff was pretty revolutionary. I mean, no, a carousel is not necessarily revolutionary. But the whole concept of, of having a park to go to where kids could have fun, their parents could have fun, they could have fun together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, look at the Haunted Mansion. If you're not familiar with what that is and that it's on the, on the lighter side of scary, I mean, it's, there are some creepy parts. Um. But, I mean, I've been 
in the queue for that ride where kids are freaking out because they're scared already. Right. And, you know, the, the cast members are very kind about it, and they're like, oh, but it's not scary. It's not scary. Granted, scary is objective. Um, but I, I think you kind of have to walk that line of what's going to be entertaining for everyone and not necessarily thrilling because, I mean, you're a thrill ride person. Mm-hmm. I'm not so much. Right. You've said before that you would go to Disney World and not go on a single attraction. Absolutely. Just people watch and pay attention to the ambiance and, and, and the details kind of yeah. and yeah, and just take in what truly makes the magic. And I don't think a lot of people take the time to notice that stuff. They notice it, but they don't notice it. If that right. makes sense. Yeah, I think it it totally does. Like you know, there's so many things at Disney World that you notice only when they're pointed out to you. And then you can't unsee it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just interesting. So let's talk a little bit more about opening day, just how much that experience has changed, right? So opening day, you had to buy admission into the park mm-hmm. just for the privilege of being in the park. Right. You had to pay. And then you could buy ticket books, right? Yes. And that's where things like if you watch vloggers or that kind of thing, they talk about e-ticket attractions. Uh-huh. That's a throwback to those the, the early days of the park where the the tickets for the rides were labeled based on how much they cost, right? It was how much they cost, and it was based on basically the thrill of the ride. And the cost would be associated with that thrill level. So for the more popular attractions and the more immersive Mm -hmm. attractions, the more they were going to cost and the more popular they were. Yeah, that's so interesting. That's... Like, you think about changes to Disney over the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. I think that paying one price, no matter what what you think of what the price they're charging currently is, to get in and ride all the rides is such a good change over, okay, what do I do with this ticket book? I have to hold on to it. I have to manage my time. I have to manage this ticket book for me, for my whole family, that whole thing. That would get to be a lot. I To me, that just, I, I'm getting stressed just thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't have even have kids. <laughs> right. I, I, yeah, Candace, we need to go back and buy a new ticket book because I lost mine somewhere. I'm like, you did what? <laughs> <laughs> you wasted how much money because you just dug, dug your glasses out of your pocket and dropped your ticket book? Right. Yeah, that's interesting. So what about, what, what else do you want to talk about with kind of the first 50 years? Well, I think it's interesting because when you go back and you think about some of the changes that are coming in the very near future, specifically the Genie and the Genie Plus packages, mm-hmm. you're kind of, it's kind of actually a hybrid of how it's been, where you pay one ticket to get one ticket price to get into the parks and a little bit of that e-ticket attraction. You're going to pay a little bit extra for this depending on the experience you want. Yeah. I mean, you can go stand in line for five hours, and it's not going to make a difference. But if you want to make sure that you get on Rise of the Resistance or the new Remy ride or whatever the case may be, that's going to cost you a little bit. And I, I think I get a little passionate when I hear people complaining about the prices that Disney charges for things. I agree with it. To a certain extent, but to another extent, Disney is so good at what they do. And it's the details, and it's the stories, and it's all of that stuff that we've all grown up with. 
that we go to a Disney park and expect perfection every single day, all day long, no matter what our experiences are that we put ourselves in, we expect perfection. We expect a perfect vacation. Well, I'm sorry, but perfection costs money. Right. And you can't sit here and say, oh, I only pay, I want to pay $25 to get into the park and expect what you have now. Right. And everybody's definition of perfection is different. Agreed. Like there's 20 million people that go through Magic Kingdom every year. Mm-hmm. That's 20 million different people that want to have 20 million different unique experiences. Right. That's impossible. So mm-hmm. Disney has done some of that to themselves and saying, hey, we are the most magical place on earth or whatever mm-hmm. their tagline for each different park is. So they've done some of that to themselves. But I think as guests, we have to walk into an understanding, too, that it is what we make it. Mm-hmm. We, if you want something, you have to maybe ask for it. Uh, Lacey had actually talked in a previous episode where I wasn't afraid to ask a cast member if I didn't know something. I'm, I can't expect Disney to know when I want a donut. Right. Or a Joffrey's coffee. Right. If I want that and I don't know where it is, their cast members are trained to be uber nice people. Ask. Nicely. And I, nicely. And I think so many people forget that. Like, Candace and I had an experience in one of our trips. I don't even remember where it was. But I went to find a bathroom. And I just was waiting in a a line at a kiosk because it was the only cast member I could see to ask. I I couldn't find it. It ended up being if I had just turned around, I would have seen it. But that's (laughs) beside the point. But I was standing in line behind this guy at 1030 in the morning in Animal Kingdom that was hopping mad because he couldn't get a cheeseburger at this specific kiosk. Like he expected you to be able to get a hamburger at every kiosk you walked up to. At 1030 in the morning. At 1030 in the morning. The cast members were like, you can, over in Dino Land, they're serving hamburgers right now. You can go get one. I, that's not what we serve here. And he was just like, how is this a Disney experience if you don't have what I want when I want to have it? I just, that's I, not what a Disney experience is. No, and I, I think as, as Disney makes changes, I, I honestly think they are trying to keep guest experience in mind mm-hmm. while trying to balance the let's reduce capacity a little bit let's reduce the number of people in the park because that will be a more magical experience for folks um but yeah so that that was sort of a a tangent we kind of went a different direction there but I, i think it's important be nice to the cast members make we've talked about this before make the vacation or the experience what you want it to be and but do it nicely knowing that you are not the only one in the park like take for example epcot people go to epcot without children or with children I've seen that too and they drink around the world well there's a difference between sampling different beverages from the countries around world showcase and then there's getting trashed before you leave Mexico before you leave Mexico and being drunk and making a fool of yourself and causing a spectacle and not remembering that there are little children all over the place right that don't need to be exposed to that. Right. So, you know, leave your entitlement at home. <laughs> I'll just say that now because I, I can't. But, and pack your patient pants 
because, I mean, it's crowded. Right. And it doesn't really matter what time of year you go anymore. And there used to be specific times of year where you could pinpoint that it wasn't going to be crowded. Those days are gone. Yep. It's going to be crowded all the time. And just because you're there with, you know, your 75 members of your family does not give you any more of a right to a perfect vacation in your eyes than my perfect vacation in my eyes. Right. Right. Be kind to people is, I think, what we're saying. Yes. Especially the cast members because they work so hard and they're such wonderful people. Yep. Yeah. So let's circle back around and make this about the 50th again. (laughs) (laughs) So really what started that was kind of that, the, the ticket books moving to what is Genie and Genie Plus now. So as we sort of talk through that, for those that maybe don't know, the, the iteration of that has been from e-tickets to all the rides were just open to everybody. Then they went to the fast pass system where they had little kiosks at each at what? The most popular rides where you went and got a ticket. And the you fast took that. Pass? Yeah, the, the fast pass, pass ticket. Mm-hmm. And you would bring that back during whatever time it said to, to come back. Yes. And then they went to the fast pass plus, yes. which was the electronic version where you were booking 60 days in advance mm-hmm. if you had a reservation at, at a, a Disney hotel. hotel. Mm-hmm. All of those kind of things. We won't get into all of that detail today. But then with COVID, they cut all of that out and went back to just straight standby lines. And now they're inter- introducing Genie and Genie Plus. You, you can find lots of information about both of those. But in general, what Genie is, is basically it's an app that, as you look at it, will tell you what wait times are for the rides and help you kind of plan in the moment. Like, hey, let's, let's go here. Or, and it's based off of your preferences. So if you put that your preference is, is Splash Mountain and Pirates and Space Mountain, and you are standing in line for Pirates and... Splash Mountain has a 20-minute wait. It's going to say, hey, go here next, because it's going, to, it's, it's going to help drive people around the park to reduce overall wait times and standby lines. But there's going to be, like, two or three rides in each park that are going to have a separate fee that you can pay to skip the line. Is there? Are those the only ones? No. And then the Genie, you can also get, like, one at a time, skip the line reservations, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not just for those major rides. That's for all the rides that have the genie lane. Right. It's the, or lightning, the lightning lane. lane. Right. Yes. So don't don't necessarily trust Scott for all of your details <laughs> on Genie and Genie Plus. I know enough to be really dangerous at this point. Um, but yeah, I personally I think those are really cool changes. And like you said, it ties it back to that original kind of e-ticket attraction in the paper fast pass system that you had before, where you could where everybody. You didn't have to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning to make a fast pass reservation and then be really disappointed. And with them opening Rise of the Resistance up to a standby line instead of virtual queues, you don't have to be up at 7 o'clock in the morning and refreshing your phone every every half second trying to get into a boarding group. Right, it, and, and you don't have to stand in a line for five hours either. Right. Like, if it's really important to you to get on that ride... Pay that $15 per person or whatever it is. We don't know what the dollar amounts are yet. Right. But pay that extra per, per ride once a day or whatever to go just walk by everybody and wave. Yep. So, And for um, more information on that, I know that um, Molly and the group over at All Ears did an excellent, excellent YouTube video explaining the whole thing. Yep. So I would recommend that. Agreed. Agreed. A hundred percent. 
Okay, so what other changes have happened in the, the 50 years, Candace? Uh, um, I think a lot of noticeable changes have come during the past few years. And that is more of the cultural change. Tell me more. Like the reimagination of Splash Mountain. Mm-hmm. Originally based on uh, the movie Song of the South is being reimagined uh, for Princess and the Frog. Yes. Um, due to a shift in inclusion, diversity, um, and that sort of thing. And and Disney realizing that the cultural stereotypes and ideals that were put forth, you know, back when these movies were made are not appropriate any longer. Yeah. And even on their Disney Plus things, they even say they were wrong then, they're wrong now. Absolutely. I would agree with that. But the culture at the time was more accepting. And, like, people didn't realize how wrong it was at the time. Yes. So now they can go back and correct for some of that, which is the right thing to do. Absolutely. Um, Especially when, like, we we talked about earlier in the episode that travel is becoming more mainstream mm-hmm. um, since the parks initially opened. And you're getting more of a cross-culture of world guests, not just Americans. Right. So you're getting people from all over the world, and you certainly do want to welcome them in and be inclusive and diverse and 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 that sort of thing. Um, and I think it's important to recognize that. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think the other thing with that whole diversity change that I think is really good is Disney wants to be there for all their guests. And if you are a, a person of color and you see some of the things that maybe had questionable pasts to them, like a ride based on Song of the South or... Um, some of the things in the Jungle Cruise that they've replaced. Yes. Um, that are, are maybe insensitive to Native people. All of a sudden, that pulls those folks out of the magic. So by Disney making that shift a little bit, they're trying to be more inclusive to all of their guests. And it's not... They're, they're not taking... And their cast away, members. Yeah, and their cast members, too. That's a huge point. And I, I think that's probably the biggest piece of it is for their cast members. But they're not redoing Splash Mountain because they hate you, because you love Splash Mountain, they're redoing Splash Mountain to make it more in tune with the time and more in tune with their their cast members and their guests of all races, all kinds, which is the right thing to do. Right, and and even to say that, I mean, they their cast members have had to fall into what they call the quote-unquote Disney look. That's just part of working for Disney is you have the Disney look. And up to a year and a half ago, it was very much straight-laced, banker haircut for the guys, Mm -hmm. Um, no outrageous hair colors, no, you know, very muted, very conservative. Let's look at it that way. And then they realized that times are changing. and to go with the inclusive, inclusiveness and diversity piece of it, um, they've relaxed those rules a little bit. So now, you know, visible tattoos are okay. And mm-hmm. um, piercings and, like, long hair for men and facial hair and that sort of thing, it it's all okay now. And I, I think that's a, a very, very good change that they've made. And I, I think it's, it's brilliant that they've been uh, cognizant of those things. Yeah, and I like that Disney's been open about all of that. Yes. Like, the world is changing. We have to change with it. Right. And that's an okay thing. Yeah. 
Cool. So what else? What else is on our list that we want to talk about in celebration of Disney World's 50th anniversary? Well, I think in celebration of Walt Disney World as a whole for 50 years, we would be very sad and, again, remiss if we did not also note that Epcot is also celebrating a birthday. It is. Um, Epcot opened on October 1st, 1982. So they're turning 39 this year. Do you think they chose October 1st on purpose? I think they did. Okay. Because it lines up with Magic Kingdom. Right. That way they can celebrate their birthdays at the same time. Right. Okay, now that we've talked a little bit about both parks and kind of celebrating anniversaries slash birthdays, that's one of the main big changes, and I think this is where we were going to go next, is there are two new fireworks shows Yes. Coming to yes. Walt Disney World. What Candace knows far more about all of the, the fireworks shows that <laughs> ever have been or ever will be than I do. So I'm going to let her talk through that just a little bit. So Fantasy in the Sky um, was the initial original show at Magic Kingdom. Um, then there was... <laughs> Not important. Not important. But then we went to Wishes. Right. Um, which I thought was a fabulous, fabulous fireworks show. And it was actually the first one that I ever saw in Magic Kingdom. Um, so, you know, that hits your heart first. And that's kind of where it's at. And then they decided to start projecting onto the castle with Happily Ever After. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, when Happily Ever After first took Wishes' spot... I was upset about it. Tell me why. Because it was different. <laughs> <laughs> because I I think just the way that they that they do the fireworks, the music and the fireworks and all of that, I think it's magical enough in itself that you don't have to be standing in front of the castle looking at projections. Again, this goes back to my screen thing that we're going to talk about in a future episode um, where you don't always have to be staring at something. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll talk about that in that episode. So I'm just looking. It looks like Wishes took the place of Fantasy in the Sky. Really? Yeah, so Fantasy in the Sky was open from 71 all the way until, and feel free to correct us if, if you think we got this wrong, but Wishes started October 9th of 2003. Okay, so Fantasy in the Sky was actually the first one that I ever saw. Yeah. Goodness. Oh. Yeah, because I'm just looking at a list of a, of attractions since opening day and what date they happened. Um, and those are the first two firework shows listed. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So I've seen every Magic Kingdom firework show there has been. Yeah. Except for some of the holiday-themed ones. Well, those yeah. don't count in your mind? No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, funny. So, yes. So, Happily Ever After. The longer that I've been watching it, the more I love it. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you my favorite time that we watched it, that we have watched it in person, was when we actually went back by the carousel in Fantasyland and stood back there to watch the show. We didn't get to see the projections. 
but the music was there mm-hmm. and it was like 360 fireworks. It yeah. was amazing. Such a great experience. Like you, we talked, you have to see the projections once at yeah. least. Um, so the best prime viewing is out in the, what's that? The hub. The hub or down Main Street USA. And I think with the change to fireworks, our opinions might change about where to watch. But yeah. Um, but for that particular show, we in the after hours event we talked about previously in a previous episode, we ended up back in Fantasyland, and like Candace said, three three hundred and sixty degrees around you. You never know where, knew where to look. It just phenomenal viewing of fireworks. If you've never had the experience to stand in the middle of a fireworks show. I would highly recommend it. It was so cool. The only thing I will say about that is we didn't get to, to see Tank fly. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Yeah. Um, but so then they are doing Disney Enchantment. It's yes. the one that opens on October 1st. Yes. Um, I think we're going to release this episode on October 1st or the following Monday. I haven't. It'll depend on editing. Um, but before that, maybe you got the chance to see them online. Uh, both the Disney Enchantment and what's Harmonious. Harmonious in Epcot, uh, the Disney Parks blog was doing a live viewing of those um, the 29th and the 30th. Mm-hmm. So um, if you got the chance to see those those previews, come over to our Instagram. Tell us what you thought. We'd, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Enchantment is actually cool because from what I understand, they're going to be doing projections all the way up and down Main Street USA in addition to the castle, which, again, that sort of puts you in that 360. The fireworks won't be around you, but all of those dis- all of that display, that's going to be almost overwhelming with where that to look and what to look at. That was actually my first thought, is that... No, you will never see the same show twice because you'll just constantly have to be like, where do I look? What's next? Yeah. Which is fine. It's actually kind of cool. It is, and I'm anxious to see it, but I know myself, I don't handle things like that very well. Right. It's one of those things like, okay, today's viewing of the fireworks, I'm going to look at the castle. Right. Tomorrow, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to look at the left side of Main Street USA. Right. Two weeks from now, I'm going to come back and I'm going to look at the right side of Main Street USA. Right. And just sort of get the whole picture that way instead of trying to take it in just by spinning around in a circle. Making yourself nauseous. Right. That's not... <laughs> yeah, don't throw up on Main Street USA. That's never fun. <laughs> okay, so another, and I just thought about this, in Magic, not in Magic Kingdom, in Animal Kingdom, they're actually doing a new show there in honor of the 50th too. It's a kite show. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember what it's called, but I remember seeing something like, because they don't do fireworks in Animal Kingdom because of the animals. Right. Um, but they're doing some sort of a, like, maybe it's a dusk or nighttime kite show in replacing what they currently do in Animal, or what they were doing pre-COVID in Animal Kingdom. So replacing Rivers of Light? Yeah, I think so. Which, I that sounds really cool. And again, Candace mentioned in a previous episode, everything Disney does is a test for something else. Like, the bridge between, in Epcot, between, what was the fireworks show before Harmonious? Uh, Epcot uh, Ever After. Before that. Epcot Forever. Before that was Illuminations. Illuminate, but the one that, so Epcot Forever bridged Illuminations and Harmonious. Mm -hmm. And part of that was Kites. Yes, on the back of jet skis. So I wonder if that's some of what they're going to do in Animal Kingdom is use that technology, drone technology, and that kind of thing to mm-hmm. 
to do different things in the Animal Kingdom, which I think sounds really cool. Um, but I'm super excited. Candace and I have our, our calendar appointments set to watch those those previews. So um, we'll probably be talking about those in a future episode too. We'll we'll get the girls to watch those as well, so we can all sort of geek out over the new fireworks shows. <laughs> I'm super excited. The only thing that I don't know that I appreciate, and again, I'll have to see it, see how it looks, but the barges for Harmonious that are currently taking up residence in the middle of the Seven Seas hmm. Lagoon at Epcot are an eyesore at this point because they're just these big metal structures that sort of I interrupt the entire scenic view of world showcase yeah that's some of the complaints that i've heard is epcot has always been about really cool sight lines and the imagineers have always been really keen on sight lines the fact that tower of terror in hollywood studios is painted the color that it is so it didn't take away from the sight line of morocco when you were in epcot mm -hmm. so they're really big on that and then they just throw these big metal barges immovable metal barges out in the middle of the seven seas lagoon so i'll be interested they're supposed to turn into fountains and that kind of thing during the day like big fountains like water displays that kind of thing so that there it could be cool but again it takes away from the sight lines if they're not doing it right well and two if you think back to illuminations and illuminations reflections of earth they did fountains and all kinds of things for those as well and they floated those barges out yeah. every night yeah, I'll be interested to see what it looks like, but I agree. I like being able to look across Seven Seas Lagoon. Like, again, I'm not a big fan of anything that they do that pulls you out of the magic. So yep. you're standing there in the China, the Japan Pavilion, um, and you're looking back across at Spaceship Earth. That's a cool view. It really is. And if that's now going to have great big metal structures in the way of that view it ruins some of the pictures you can take. It ruins kind of your sight lines around the lagoon. It all in the name of a 30 minute firework show. Yeah. So Which we'll, it may we'll be, have to see. you know, it may be amazing. Yeah. I'm sure the firework show is going to be amazing. Yeah. But is it worth the other 23 and a half hours of reduced <laughs> sight lines? <laughs> Excellent point. Excellent point. I will trust Disney until Disney gives us something not to trust them about. And then we will whine. Because <laughs> that's what we do best. That's right. <laughs> that's why we started a podcast, so we could whine. <laughs> okay, so what else do we want to talk about? Let's talk about some of the new rides that are opening for the 50th anniversary. Oh, yeah. So Remy's Ratatouille is mm -hmm. open now. Yep. It, is it still, is it completely open I'm or not sure still if they're still doing, like, and, cast member and annual no. pass holder previews. I think so. I think they're planning on opening that on... Like, the grand opening is going to be on October, October 1st. 1st. Probably to pull people away from Magic Kingdom. Whew. So you don't end up with 4 million people in Magic Kingdom on October 1st. Um, so I, there's some of that timing. What are, the, what are some of the other new rides that are going to be opening up around that time? Is that the only one? Um... Well, they were supposed to be opening up some more uh, food and wine booths as well. Right. Why can't I think? Oh, I know they're doing a new scene in uh, Mickey's Philhar Magic with Coco. Oh, that's right. Which, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I, 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 I love do, Philhar Magic so much. I, I do too. And, and it makes me want to go um, back and see that. Yes. 
even more because that's I love that show itself. Mm-hmm. And again, we'll talk about that again in our Magic Kingdom episode. But that's one of my favorite things in Magic Kingdom. And it's a show about Donald, not Mickey, even though it's Mickey's PhilharMagic. And seeing Donald interacting, like, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> interacting with the Cala, Calabrihe. Is that, am I saying that Calabrihe? right? Calabrihe? Yeah. Yeah. That um, from Coco in the, the Land of the Dead it just looks... It's Pepita, isn't it? I think so. <laughs> like, he's writing Pepita at some point. Um, and I, I just think it's awesome. And I've, I've even said that they should redo... Um, Three Caballeros to be a Coco ride. And I'm not one for introducing new IP into Epcot, but I think that would be amazing. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a good one. I'm just looking through the other parks to see if there's anything else opening it up. It seems like there was that. something else that we're missing. I'm just looking. Nothing in Hollywood Studios. Huh. Disney Kite Tales is the Animal Kingdom, but that's their new new show. No, that's it. Those are the only rides. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, so, I guess that's enough. Yeah. Because with new fireworks and all of that yeah. other thing, that's plenty. So Tron Light Cycle Power Run will open up sometime during the 18 months that is the 50th anniversary celebration because it's scheduled for a 22, 2022 opening date. And so, I would bet Guardians of the Galaxy will do the same. Um, that's supposed to be an Epcot, right? Yes. Yeah, they have that slated for 2022 as well. Wondrous China is slated for sometime in 2021. I don't know what that is. It's pro- I think they um, redid the cultural presentation in the China okay. Pavilion. Okay. And then Journey of Water inspired Moana by Moana is supposed to open in 2021 as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So what else is on our list? Um. So let's talk about the fabulously beautiful Fab 50 sculptures that are going up around the park. I have not looked up what all of those are. I've just seen a tweet here and there of the, of like Mickey and Stitch and a couple of the others. Mm -hmm. And they're adorable. They are. I kind of want to go steal one. No, we don't steal. Okay. I want to buy a replica of all of them. Okay. So we're going to have a sculpture garden in the backyard? Yes. Okay. So again, if anyone wants to support our podcast, just send us cash. We'll even put a plaque on the statue for you. That's right. In honor of whoever sent us the cash. I don't know how much they are, so just send us as much as you can. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Disney, so it's going to be expensive. <laughs> no, we're, we're always just joking about sending us cash. That's... That's not but if you are. decide to, we thank you for your support. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, those those sculptures, like, do you know where they're being placed around Magic Kingdom and around Disney World? Various places. I mean, literally, it's kind of random. Are they going to do some sort of a scavenger hunt for them? Like, you get a book. They should. Like, you get a book and you take a picture of it or something and you And then you get something in. when you find all of them. Right. Like a, a button or a pin or something. They should. That would be awesome. That would be really cool. So what else? Anything else that we want to talk about 50th anniversary? Um, did we already mention that it's running for 18 months? I, I mentioned it briefly, but yeah, it starts October 1st and goes 18 months past then to mm-hmm. give everybody an opportunity to get in and um, experience the magic that is the 50th anniversary. So I, I think that's cool. They want everybody, like, extended time of the celebration. They don't want to just celebrate it for, like, a month because then only... 
100,000 people get to see it versus... That'll be day one. Right. <laughs> That's, okay, so only 200,000 people get to see it if, if you do it for a month versus 18 months where then potentially 30 to 40 million people get to be a part of the celebration, which is kind of right. cool. And with all the modifications that they have made, like to Cinderella Castle, for example. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention that at all. We need to talk about that because that is amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah, like, I, I was not. Okay. So if you haven't figured it out by now, I am not a big one for change. Surprise. Surprise. Um, so I was a little upset when they decided to mess with my castle and paint it pink because it is pink. It's rose gold. Yes. Yes. But having seen the whole thing go from what it used to be to where it's at now with the 50th medallion on the front, the spires wrapped in the gold ribbon, the banners, um, all the little extra sparkly pieces, all of that. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. And it is such an improvement over that god-awful cake they did <laughs> for the 25th anniversary. I was just going to say, how funny would it be if on October 1st, at some point in the evening hours, if they just did a projection of the 25th anniversary castle on top of it? <laughs> you just made my head hurt. <laughs> I know how much you hate that, so I, like, I, I don't... I wouldn't find that funny because of how much you hate it. I find it funny because of what your reaction would be <laughs> if they just put that projection of that stupid bubbly cake-looking thing up there. That The Imagineer that did that made a wrong decision. That may have been a Michael Eisner decision. Probably. <laughs> and we'll, we'll take our Michael Eisner conversation into another podcast in another day. Do we have to? <laughs> yeah, because you have strong opinions on it, and I think they're hilarious. Oh, I do. So. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, the castle is beautiful. Yes. Oh, they're also on They've the got sparkles all over um, Spaceship, Spaceship Earth, Earth yeah, too. Yeah, the Epcot ball. And I saw them testing that, and like they've made it possible for the whole thing to change color. Cool. But they can also do like words and that kind of thing, mm -hmm. just with how the lights are, are put into each of the little crevasses. Sure. <laughs> Fancy. <laughs> the points of light. Yes. Yeah, that looks really cool, too. Okay, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's exciting about what they're doing around the 50th. Is that it? I think so. I think that's it. So we're going to call this one good for the day. We just wanted to celebrate the, the 50th anniversary again. I'm going to try. I think this one's going to be released on the 50th anniversary on October 1st, um, which is, goes out of sync for us a little bit because we normally release on Mondays. But because we didn't get our Magic Kingdom one released like we wanted to, I'm going to try and get this one done a little bit earlier. Um, so you'll be listening to this on the 1st. If not, you're not going to hear this at all um, because I'll edit it out before I release it. Um, but yeah, we're, we're celebrating for the next 18 months. We're going to celebrate the, the Walt Disney World anniversary as well. So cool that, that we get to be alive for this history. And we've seen what Walt Disney World has become over the last 50 years. And all of the changes and all of the things that have gone on have just been... Well, almost. We're not quite 50. We're not 50. But we, like, my point is that we've, we've seen so many changes in Disney World. And we love... Every time we go, our experiences there are always fantastic. We've yet to have a bad experience in Disney World. Mm -hmm. And we just And we celebrate forward. with the cast members yeah. and um, 
the entire Disney family because we kind of feel like we're their family too. Yep, we are looking forward to the next 50 years of Walt Disney World as well. Exciting times as, as we go through. And like we end every one of these, remember there's a great big beautiful tomorrow. See you real soon.